0: So we'll call the meeting to order, and do you wanna run through your meeting rules?
1: Yes, thank you. Okay. I have a few housekeeping items for this hybrid meeting. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast live on the city's YouTube channel. Please remember to mute yourself during the meeting when you are not speaking. The chat function for this public meeting is disabled and all chats will go directly to me and the other co hosts Unless you are participating during the meeting, please turn off your video. This allows the meeting, active meeting participants to be seen on screen. You will still be able to hear the meeting. When you are participating, please turn your video on. If you have any trouble, you can send me a chat. The MPO reserves the right to mute or turn individual videos off to minimize distractions during the meeting and I'll turn um the meeting over to Paul for a second to do a roll call vote. All
2: right so we've had some changes in membership and things so if I if I miss someone or or you know anything please speak up. Um, so let's see Crick. Here. Cronin. I'm here. Every Here. Dowling. Here. Uh gentry. Here. Uh Rodden looks to be absent. Sanford? Here. Uh Voigt. Here. Weigel. Here. All right, we do have a quorum present. Okay,
0: thank you. So next item would be public comment. Do we have anybody either online or in person for public comment?
1: There was, there is no one online and no one has indicated by raising their hand online that they would like to provide public comment today.
0: Okay. Uh, Moving on then to approving the minutes of the last meeting. Does anybody have any comments or discussion about the minutes?
2: I would move approval of the November 17th minutes.
0: I'll second. Great, moved and seconded.
2: Paul, you wanna call the vote for us? Uh, if I may point a word on that one, it looks like the minutes are for the policy board. Is that correct?
1: Oh, did they get linked to the wrong thing? If someone would withdraw that motion, we'll add them to the next month's meetings. I'm sorry for that error.
3: will withdraw that motion.
0: All right, thank you. We'll skip that, leave it for next month. Moving on to our agenda items then, uh, election of chair and vice chair for 2023.
1: Yeah, thank you. We're looking to seek a chair and a vice chair to serve during the calendar year. They're responsible for facilitating the meetings, and the vice chair carries out the responsibility in the chair's absence. So um, it's kind of rotated around the room in the last few years. It kind of fell to the people who have been here the longest with the most kind of seniority, but it can be really anyone on the committee. You don't have to have a lot of experience. So.
0: Is there anybody who would like to take on the chair role and run the meetings for the year looking forward? Is there anybody who would like to nominate someone else to do that?
2: I I, I would nominate Adam Weigel to be the chair. I'm
0: happy to do that. Is there any other discussion on the chair position or a suggestion for vice chair? I think Dave Cronin's up for vice chair. To nominate Dave Cronin for vice chair. I'm happy to take on that role. OK. Uh, Jessica, what do we do here? Do we? Uh, Hold a vote on those two nominations. Make a motion. Yes,
1: please. Yes, please. You can do them together if you'd like.
0: Okay, so uh, do we need a formal motion? Yes, please. All right, I move that uh, Adam Weigel is the chair going forward for 2023, and Dave Cronin is the vice chair. Is there a second? I'll second that. All right, Paul, give us a, a vote call.
2: Crick. Aye, Cronin. Aye, Devries. Aye, Dowling. Aye, Gentry. Aye, Sanford. Aye, Boyd. Aye, and Weigel. Aye. The motion passes unanimously. All right, that's great.
0: Adam, would you like to take over and run
3: the next item? Sure, happy to. So we're on item D2. Jessica, do you have a presentation for us?
1: I do. Let me share my screen, please. So it's challenging to decide how you'd like to see this, to present this. I put together some slides to highlight what we feel like um, is the big picture. Many of you have seen individual components of this. Um, These are the draft chapters that we continue to work through. If you looked through some of them, you'll see there's still updates being made to map formatting and figure titles. And um, we will still be working on that um, as best we can with our staffing capabilities. Um, But high level, we're looking at content and we're going to talk a little bit today about the process and i'd be happy to entertain any questions or comments anyone might have what we're looking for at the end of our conversation today is a recommendation you would make to the mpo policy board to release the draft um, for a 30-day public comment period um, transportation 2050, as you all know, is our regional long-range transportation plan. Um, it represents um, uh, incorporating all of the mode-specific plans. It considers out 20 years. We do this every five years. Um, it in, it's fiscally constrained, meaning we project what fiscal revenue we'll have and program projects that fit within that constraint. Um, we also, this will be our this is our second a federally performance-based plan, um, and you'll see some of that in terms of the depth of the data and information that we are able to provide based on this being the second time we've done that performance-based planning. Um, it covers all of our Douglas County planning area, and we uh, have had this timeline over spring and through winter um, to develop this plan through a public process and we'll talk a little bit about what that entails in line with our public participation plan and the expectations we have with the community around um, engagement um, and so we had some materials we developed that we've used throughout our process and um, are working through as much of this as we can as fast as we can um, through our Public engagement. Um, we asked people similar to our last plan development process, how they rated existing transportation satisfaction. And you can kind of see here um, how they reviewed uh, respondents rated those on a scale of one to five. Um, and the top factors that uh, per survey participants um, indicated were limiting factors for them in or impacted their ratings. So from things like drivers not watching for yield people yielding or crossing the street Um transit, thinking about schedule or routes. Um, which are going to change. So that's an interesting thing as we went through this process, um, bicycle network being incomplete um, and roads that are in need of repair. So um, at a high level, um, many of these things are things that we have heard um, in our previous process, but it gives us a good gauge to see how we're doing in relation. They're pretty similar to what the city of Lawrence received on similar satisfaction questions in their statistically valid survey. And so we feel really, um, reasonably confident about uh, the work that we did in engaging a diverse representation of the community through public engagement those responses were from 728 surveys we collected um, during phase one um, over 19 tabling events we invited over 20 different stakeholder groups for an invitation to a stakeholder interview and ended up holding interviews with 22 of those stakeholder groups Um we also um what you're seeing on the right is the what we heard in terms of phase one engagement really from the top priorities of what people said is the average score for the different uh priorities that we asked them about in terms of transportation system performance. And you can see safety and affordable and accessibility um, and environment are at the top of that list, although really closely followed by all of the other values kind of that transportation holds in terms of alternatives for mode choice, reliability, um, connection to goods and services, and congestion. We went out for a phase two uh, public comment period, and all of all of the comment we received from phase one and two is included in our Appendix B, which was attached to the agenda public involvement um, in more detail, because I'm presenting this to you at a very high level, um, but we only received in our second round of engagement. We anticipated receiving a lot less. We got 13 surveys at over three different open houses, two of which were virtual, and one which was in person. Um, and by that point in the process, we were asking quite a lot of uh, members of the public who wanted to comment because we were presenting them with draft goals, vision, objectives and strategies and content that we were asking them to respond to. So that comment is all in the open house or in the appendices for public engagement. Over this plan, we now have five different goal areas, and at a high level, this incorporates the vision um, that's consistent and moving forward transportation and all of the mode-specific planning work that we have done in the intermediary years, This is these are the these are the boards, which is why they have numbers at the bottom that we presented to the public and so you can see transportation options in terms of systems that support multimodal options with connectivity and considerations for comfort and accessibility um, and the connection between transportation and land use. shared prosperity and recognizing that we're connecting people and places and we should do so in an equitable, reliable, affordable, efficient manner. And so you can see the things laid out under here in terms of transit service, emerging technologies, um, uh, for future coming freight planning, wayfinding, uh, regional, um, intelligent transportation systems. So these are some of the things that fall under shared prosperity. We have a goal around safety and security. And uh, we're looking at improved safety, um, not only in crash reduction um, and and, um, severity, but also vulnerability um, to crime, terrorism, natural disasters and climate change, thinking about the responsiveness and reality that transportation serves in that um, system. And this ties back to climate action plan, emergency planning, the The goal for vision zero safety action planning and that you'll see in this measure sustainability here's a a little bit stronger connection as we get into nature based solutions and um, fleet transition inconsistent with the city of lawrence's. uh, Climate action goals. Um, And so this is thinking about integrated planning processes with um, all of the other variables that play into growth and development. And the final um, area that we have as goals um, is operations and maintenance. And it's about maintaining and prioritizing existing infrastructure operations and improvements um, to... for uh, best return on public investment. And so here you see things like the city of Lawrence, uh, development of asset management planning and performance measures um, through T2050, vehicle, transit vehicle replacement past their useful life um, and technology solutions that support cost-effective practical operations of the multimodal transportation system. Overall, um, on the right, you can see the T2040 breakdown of what we had in the previous plan divided by road and bridge projects, O&M, non-motorized, so that's bike ped projects, and transit capital and operations. And on the left, that same breakdown based on the projections done for T2050. At a high level, you can see there's been some slight shifting of some of the funds with the most noticeable probably being that um, the road and bridge percent, well, the overall value has gone up of this pie chart. Um, and part of that is due to the nature of the higher estimates. Uh, the large uh, change in projections based on historical state and federal funding in the region. Um, There has been an increase in non-motorized projects with a recent history of all of the communities or all the cities having received transportation alternatives funding and future projections around that. Um, And then you'll see some reduction in transit operations in capital overall as a percentage. I think the other two increases are slightly shifting the offset of some of the reduction in funding that's accounted for most attributably um, to KU on Wales. And so we see that overall for road and bridge for the life of the plan, you're looking at a $2.4 billion uh, projection of revenues after um, just under a billion dollars in O&M projected. Um, You're looking at about $1.4 billion for available projects. Um, we're showing that here as a breakdown across all of the different modes, how much money we're looking at and how that what that equates to approximately each year of the plan. Um, and then this is some information we gave to the public to kind of give them an idea about what some of the costs are for what you can get for your value in terms of the work that's proposed in the plan and that we have um, some recent comparisons to just to give an idea about what that includes in terms of the projections. Again, I'm just going to flip through these pretty quickly. If you have questions about them, I'd be happy to entertain them. The plan incorporates all of the um, content of these uh, existing approved plans, including the pedestrian plan, the regional pedestrian plan, the bikeway plan, uh, that would include the county bikeway plan, fixed route. Transit, safe routes to school. Um, and so all of those are incorporated by reference into this document and also interlined throughout the goals and objectives and strategies that you see it, uh, throughout um, chapter. Six, when we get into um, some of the other planning, this T2050 process also updates the major thoroughfares map. And that was done through the public comment process where we provided a board where we were showing the proposed changes to the process um, here. And this is just that example for, for you at a high level that's included in the plan now of what the proposed um, final draft for consideration for public comment is. It lays out some more of the network, um, primarily in the Western, Um, the most of the changes were in the Western part of, uh, near the city of Lawrence limits, so. Um, one large major component of our long-range transportation plan is our projections in our tra- travel demand modeling and this attempts to make assumptions about what we believe um, under the current comprehensive plans in the region um, will happen related to growth of employment and population the circles in both air on both maps both employment and population kind of just show you by scale the location and volume of the anticipated anticipated. anticipated population change across um, the area. We have two scenarios in the plan after we looked at the programmed list of constrained projects, um, one of which is assumes current development patterns under plan 2050. Um, And then the second one, so what's really changing, you'll notice is the, I'm going to flip back and forth between these. This is A, this is B, you'll see um, west of k-10 that there's a reduction in some of the growth out west by 50 percent, and instead placing that within existing city limits and so you can we were playing with that in terms of looking at what densification and infill and higher density development opportunities might provide in terms of demand and timeline for transportation uh demand and projects these are It's really hard to be able to show you these at a high level. You'll have to get into the plan if you want to be able to look at a little closer detail. And we're still working on final formatting of some of these maps. But recognizing on the left side is existing traffic flow in our base year model, which we validated to 2019 conditions. Um, And on the right side, um, if we do nothing with no transportation improvements and no build model, what we would anticipate uh, traffic flow um, to experience. And that shouldn't be a surprise in terms of the failure of K10. It's similar to dot modeling and more specific quarter modeling that they've done in terms of some of those level uh, service F failures in terms of the red. These are a little more nuanced. So we're getting to scenario A and B where we um, have looked at the difference in those Popu- population and employment projections, and you can start to see that there are segment 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 by segment pieces that start to get more congestion congested in infill, assuming current transportation mode travel. Um, and you can see here, particularly with um, US 46th Street West, the difference in the change in demand of uh, constructing um, the street network with development and uh, many of these, uh, the, what would be this arterial street. So um, they're kind of nuanced in our final plan. Scenario A is the preferred scenario, recognizing that there are current ongoing conversations related to scenario b and and with the lawrence particularly with the lawrence land development code and a density um considerations. so uh we wanted to be able to show some of those comparisons obviously we we do have some ability in our future model updates to do um some more mode split analysis but at this point in time um there we didn't make, have enough connected network um, at a high le- enough comfort level um, to be able to build some of those things out. But um, we're also finalizing kind of some of the development of the travel, the transit model, um, which was included in this model development, which we haven't yet put in the draft, but we will probably be more along in the technical and some of the technical reporting that with model documentation. Um, overall, in those scenario comparisons, you can see here based on the specifics in terms of hours of delay, we have a reduction in hours of delay related to the no build model. Um, and these are da- these are daily um, looking at kind of the scenario comparisons and um, in terms of what we're looking at for overall population change um, and employment change. And this is kind of all documented in the model with the or in chapter six with the assumptions that we made. Um, here's a map. There's some more detailed lists of tables in the document, which is the committed projects for all of the cities, county, and the state age, our state partners um, and their location. Um, the, what you see in that yellow highlighted area our, is our environmental justice zone, which represents our low to moderate in, income block groups, as well as our minority block groups. And so that's the same EJ layer that we use to develop the Transportation Improvement Program Analysis And here it's showing both zoomed in and zoomed out in terms of relationship. Chapter 7 allowed us to provide, this is a cutoff list, but you can go look at the whole thing to give you an idea of how we conducted the analysis to understand the benefits and impacts of projects on EJ zones and on plan implementation. Um, And there's a lot more detail in all of those chapters, but each project is laid out, um, classified by project type, says if it's in an EJ zone, and talks about um, the anticipated benefits of the projects. Um, A majority of the urban projects also include multimodal amenities, um, and many of those are preservation projects, some of which also probably do a little bit of modernization when they're doing some of that um, higher level maintenance, but... We additionally also show all of the projects in relationship to our goal and performance areas. Um, surprising when you start to look at this, but r- r- not necessarily when you dive into some of the safety attributes um, of modernizing or improving these roadways that we believe many of them have: bike, pet improvements, geometric improvements, access management. Uh, design at newer standards um, with site distances or paved shoulders that would improve um, safety um, in the community. And so you see that clearly represented um, by our uh, visual analysis of, of those projects. The plan also identifies an illustrative project list. And these are the projects that are out on the range, they've been identified in the previous long-range plan. They've been talked about, or, or, or and are and or are unfunded on uh, capital improvement programs um, of cities or county. Um, and so these uh, these projects all remain on this list. You may be familiar with the fact that we've recently amended T twenty forty to include projects that were on this list previously, and we would do the same thing if we needed to, um, if a funding was awarded for any of these projects under the five-year life of the plan. Our next step, so that was a really high level of presenting hundreds of pages um, that we attached to the agenda. Um, but we are hoping as next steps to post for a 30 day public comment period, um, to accommodate a March, um, recommendation, uh, from you and, uh, uh, adoption of T2050, um, to replace T2040 before it expires. And so I'd be happy to answer any more detailed questions. I tried to pick out the stuff at high level that I thought would be relevant, um, to you to just kind of highlight where we've been in this planning process and where we ended up. Um, We're looking for recommendation today for uh, a recommendation to the MPO policy board to release for that 30 day public comment period.
3: All right, thank you, Jessica. I guess I'll first look around to TAC members. Any questions for Jessica or Paul? Um, Yeah, uh, Jessica, I just had two quick questions
0: um, uh, regarding um, Eudora in this uh, transportation plan. Um, So under the stakeholders interviews, um, listing the different groups that were uh, interviewed for stakeholders, um, I didn't notice us. I wasn't sure if that's something that we missed out on or not, or if it was just uh, uh, we just weren't included in the list that was presented.
1: Do you mean you as the city specifically?
0: Yes, yes. Because I know okay. we well, we, what was pointed out is that, you know, Baldwin.
1: Who accepted an interview? Is that what you're saying? I don't I would have to go back and look at that more detailed list, although I would say that Eudora has representation on the T-2050 uh, steering committee staff sure. advisors.
0: OK, um, and then the second was um, looking at the. Um, sidewalk maps for baldwin city eudora and lecompton for existing and missing sidewalks um i know we have a couple projects currently underway for some of these sidewalks that are marked as missing and so does this map include those projects that are currently completed sidewalks
1: um To my knowledge, for every city, um, we worked with a data analysis analyst and our GIS staff to update as best we could based on known projects that we were aware of. Um, So... That the answer to that should be yes, we would be happy to accommodate any of those updates if it's stuff that's completed recognizing also, though, that every city probably has projects that within six months of adoption of this plan will have changed the data in the plan and we can't can we have to choose a point in time to reflect that data. Um, And so, based on who had inventory and data to provide to us and the updates we knew about and could update, um, we took the opportunity to do that. Um, Eudora and Baldwin City and LeCompton are in a little bit of a unique situation because the Regional Pedestrian Plan is the older version of the Regional Pedestrian Plan. We have drafts updated for a new Regional Pedestrian Plan that we had to put on hold to do this work to meet our deadlines for T2050 adoption, and we plan to pick those back up. Once that's done and those are adopted, those would plans would be then incorporated in by reference. So we believe there's nothing that would inhibit our implementation of the goals related to the pedestrian environments in any of the communities and that those planning process, while we would have intended them for them to have been done before T-2050, we didn't have staff capacity to do so. And so that should not still limit the ability for us in through across any of the cities to implement the strategies and goals for. Pedestrian environments.
0: All right, thank you.
3: All right, thanks, Michael. Any other TAC members have questions? MPO team? I just had one, Jessica. There was a um, table towards the end about the two model. preferred a little bit about. Um, how that got to her.
1: Absolutely. So in that regard, it was pretty simple for us to choose a preferred scenario because one is under the current land development code and the codified rules, um, how development occurs. And while scenario B may have been the future, it is not yet um, where we are in terms of the conversation in relationship to the Lawrence Land Development Code update is not far enough along that we would feel confident yet selecting that decision. And we didn't feel, we felt it was presumptuous while we wanted to show it and appeal to um, so to understand how some of those land use decisions may impact um, transportation investments. We could not select it as, we did not feel we could select it presumptually as the preferred alternative because that other conversation is still ongoing and in, 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 in the emphasis stages. I'd be happy to let Jeff weigh in on that if he would like to as um, his division is leading that Lawrence process.
2: Yeah, the only thing I would add to that is it's such early days in the updating process, we don't know what that looks like. So it's kind of hard to figure out how that may take form and final function on it. But I think Jessica said it perfectly, it kind of just early in stages, we just don't have a lot of that detailed information yet to kind of give us comfort in the other side of that model. So.
3: Okay, appreciate that. Right, so at this point, open it up, see if there's any public comment on this item,
2: CJT. I have a question about um, how, is this gonna go out for public comment and the clock ticking on 30 days with some um, absences in the text due to formatting errors or what have you?
1: Absolutely, I can go ahead and answer that. Um, You'll notice what you saw on the agenda today is what we had available to post um, for the T-2050 steering committee and the um, TAC, we are, have been for the last three weeks down to one full-time staff MPO member and one intern working on this. And so we've had some staff capacity to be able to deliver this. We borrowed some staff from some other places, although this is not their typical regular work. And so um, we're coordinating and um, overlaying that we anticipate that what we attach on thursday to the mpo policy board agenda will be the draft that we release for public comment i anticipate all of the content to be included in the plan i cannot commit to the fact that there may be some grammatical errors or remaining formatting errors and or color format changes we have to change on the map but we are committed to whatever we put out um, for public comment that the content is what we would intend to have public comment on. If we receive additional comments, either from staff advisors or other T2050 steering committee members and or public, we would detail that um, in relation to the changes. If there was any changes to content, for public comment, we are going to do the best we can to get that done and developed. Recognizing we have a deadline where the current plan expires in March, and we do not want to freeze federal funding in our region.
2: Excuse me, I don't mean I don't mean to rush you. I'm just looking at um, on existing conditions. The uh, should be some interactive maps on.
1: Oh yeah, and and we're removing that notation. There will be no interactive maps when we go out for public comment. That content has not been developed on the back end. That's a remaining thing that would be our goal when we finish the final map, um, but we have no interactive capabilities at this point in time, so we will be removing those notations. We actually did that today.
2: okay well i'm I'm seeing several pages and uh, it's data that I'm uh, keenly interested in so you're saying it won't be in this um this uh, document going out of comment i'm not so the, i'm not pressuring you
1: yeah yeah so jt what i would recommend is that on thursday when we post the agenda for the mpo policy board we will update all of these drafts that are currently out online with Maps should be filled in. There should be content in all of the places that there's missing content.
2: Okay. I don't mean to rush you.
1: Okay. No, you're, I mean, you're fine. It's our job and we're doing our due diligence to try to uh, cross the T's and dot the I's, recognizing we know like, you know, some of the figure formatting, we're going to get there. We're missing some numbers.
2: I I I don't care about spelling. I'm just, okay these uh, heat, I I assume there's some kind of heat map on, uh, on crash data and I'm looking forward to seeing that maybe offline. You can tell me where I can see the latest
1: on that. On Thursday we will post it and those maps will be included in the Thursday version.
2: Oh, really? Okay. Well, great.
1: So all of the content, if there's a map missing or there's content that will all be included on Thursday. Uh, we've updated them. I just didn't want because I linked these to the agenda. I didn't want to keep changing them. I wanted to make sure we had transparency about what we were posting. And then when we post the next version, we'll have new dates. And That's you'll fine. be able to and you'll be able to tell because every draft chapter, um, we put dates on it from when it was exported out of our design document.
2: I see that. Thank you very much.
1: Okay.
3: All right. Do we have any other public comment online or in the room?
1: I would just Let's add, see. if anybody sees anything now or any time between whatever, including UJT, e- feel free to email me if we're missing something, because it's not our intention to be missing content once we post on Thursday for MPO Policy Board Agenda. We are just doing our best to try to finalize stuff to get it input. we we'll
2: would be glad to do that. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. And Jessica
3: with timeline. So, assuming a a motion here today and then on Thursday, yep, anticipate when the 30 day period will start.
1: Yeah. So, posting on the 12th for the MPO Policy Board agenda on the 19th um, would be we would be asking them to release for public comment. I'm anticipating. Um, to have drafted to be able to release that for public comment on January 23rd slash 24th, which would put us through February 22nd to 23rd um, for public comment period, which gives us a very short turnaround to uh, address those, collect those public comments, address them, meet with this T-2050 staff advisors, steering committee, technical advisory committee, um, in February. And so that may result in just like we did this month of pushing tack back a week. We may be in that same boat for March, but that's kind of my rough. You can tell we've thought a lot about this. We've backed into our timeline through all of our work. Um, and that's kind of what we have on our radar.
3: Is it March one, March one, the date that it's gotta be all good to go.
1: well, or sometime whatever. within March. What is the? Well, the March, so the F- February, let me see, sorry. So the technical advisory committee currently is March 7th, which would mean February 28th. We would need to post it on your agenda for recommendation. We would want, we would hope that we are, that we have already. Collected all the comment, had an opportunity to respond to it, and be able to provide you that. Um, and to do that, then we would need to post it on the steering committee agenda on the 9th. And so there isn't in that in that regard the the best. If we had to push it back, we could post your agenda on the seventh instead of having the meeting on the seventh. You would look at it on the fourteenth. MPO policy board would look at it on the sixteenth. That's the most flexibility we have. Otherwise, you have to, TAC has to look at it on the 7th. We post the MPO agenda on the 9th. MPO policy board meets on the 16th.
3: All right, race to the finish line. We're here to support as we can. As I'll look around to TAC members again, any other questions or discussion or I'd entertain a motion with the action listed to recommend release of draft document for a 30-day public comment period?
2: I so move that we recommend releasing the draft.
3: I have a motion for Margaret. Do we have a 2nd Also second that. Second for Michael. Just beat Dave. Paul, you want to jump in with a roll call vote?
2: Rick. Aye. Cronin. Aye. DeVries. Aye. Dowling. Aye. Gentry. Aye. Sanford. Aye. White, Aye. White. Aye. All right, the motion passes unanimously. All right, thank you very much.
3: And moving on to item number E, other business. Do we have any other business, Jessica or Paul?
1: We have no other business, to my knowledge, unless anyone else has anything. We've been just busy working on T-2050.
3: Fair enough. All right. Our next meeting is February 7th, uh, 2023, or another date if we need it. Uh, Thank you all very much, and we'll see you at that time. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you.
1: Thanks. Bye.